if you've brought your Bibles, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs uh, chapter 3, I believe, is where we want to go this morning. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 13, says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you one more time here this morning. We thank you for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for each one that's come our way here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the roof you put over our head, the nation that we live in, God. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you poured out on us. But we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him in giving so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. We're not worthy. We didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it. And God, you knew that. That wasn't no surprise to you. But you've done it anyways. And God, we thank you and we praise you. and We give you all the glory. And Lord, for the many things that you have done for us, and and I think of myself that you've done personally for me, the healings, the, the, the touch, the, the times that you've quickened me and the times that you've lifted me up, Lord. All those things, Lord, I thank you and praise you for, but the greatest is the gift of eternal life, the giving of your only begotten Son. And Lord, we could spend the rest of our lives toiling and working and sacrificing and giving, and it still still wouldn't be enough. It'd still pale in comparison. But God, that's not why you did it. You did it because you love us. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are. And so God, for those reasons, let us give you the praise and the glory that you alone are due. And Lord, I just pray as we go forward in this service here this evening or this morning, God, just continue to have your way and your will in our midst. Lord, you know, there's no surprises here. You know the heart of everyone that's here. You know the condition they were in when they walked in. You know the thoughts, the desires of their heart. You know what they've been doing, where they, what they've been living in. Uh, you know what their intentions are after they leave here this morning. There is nothing that is hidden from you. And so, Lord, I just pray right now. God, if there is any of us here this morning that's not right with you, I pray that you'd pour out that old-time Holy Ghost conviction upon us and that you wouldn't give us any peace until we'd repent and get things right with you because that is the most important thing, our walk with you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, if there's any here that maybe they've just backslidden, maybe they've stumbled, maybe they're lost and undone, maybe they've never known you. Lord, let today be the day of salvation. 
And Lord, if there's any here that need to be lifted up, that just need to be encouraged, that just need a closer walk with you, that just need to, to draw near, maybe they just need a little correction from their Heavenly Father, whatever it may be, God, just have your way and your will here in our midst. And Lord, let me ask one more thing of you. I need your help. I can't, I can't do anything without you. And I surely can't preach a lick without you. I ain't got nothing worth saying unless you give it to me. So God, I pray here this morning. Lord, clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your words. Place on my tongue the very things you'd have me to say. Lord, I pray that each one would leave here this morning knowing that they've heard from you. Lord, I'm just simply a messenger. Lord, that it is, it is from you through my spirit to theirs as one dying man to another. And God, I pray that you would just have your way and your will. Lord, I'm asking for just a moving of your spirit. I'm asking for your anointing and your holy unction to be poured out here this morning. And we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it because we love you. We worship you and we praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. These scriptures that I've read here, I read 13 through 18. Some would argue 13 through 20 is the section. I stopped at 18 on purpose. But either way, these scriptures, they're almost kind of like a little poem that is praising wisdom. And, and, and with the section that I read, 13 through 18, I want you to notice that, that, they, that they begin and they end, right? Both ends of it, bookend, right? Talking about um, who is happy, right? Happy is the man is how verse 13 starts out. And verse 18 ends is happy is everyone that retaineth her. So to be happy is to discover truly godly wisdom. To discover the life that God has intended for us to live. Did you you realize that? Did you ever think about that? God has got a life that each one of us, that he intends for each one of us to live. And that life that God intends for each one of us to live, now hear me on this, is the best possible life. That's the best scenario. Best possible life any of us could possibly live. Now, every one of us has got ideas of what it would take to make us happy, don't we? Right? People think things, well, if I just had this, or if this would just happen, if I had a little more money, if I had a better job, right? A better career, or if I had this ideal career, or maybe if I, was, if I could just go ahead and retire now, right? Or, or maybe if I could obtain this certain thing, if I could buy this house, if I could buy this farm, if I could have this vehicle, if I could go on these trips and these vacations, or maybe it's not a thing like that. Maybe it's a person, right? Maybe if I just had this spouse, this husband, this wife, right? Or maybe if I just had this girlfriend or this boyfriend, or maybe if I just had, uh, you know, if my children would just straighten up and, and, and live right, you know, or, or whatever, right? We all got these ideas that if just this would happen or just this would come together a certain way, or if I could just beat the, the health issues that, I, that I've been dealing with or, or whatever it might be, then 
I could truly be happy. Oh, we all think things like that. And we, when we think things like that, we are missing the mark. We are lacking, we're not understanding. We're lacking the wisdom that the scripture speaks of here. The life that God has, that he intends for us to live, is the best possible life you could possibly ever live. Problem is, is we spend most of our lives trying to do not what God wants us to do, not what God intends for us to do, but what we want to do, what we think will bring us happiness, what we think is the answer. Listen to me. To be truly happy is to discover the life that God has for you, that he intends for each one of us to live. And I promise you that is the best possible life that you could live. Godly wisdom. That's really what we need to be talking about here this morning. Um, The only way that I can help you this morning is just to preach what this passage of Scripture says about this. And so godly wisdom is better than silver, gold, or rubies. That's what this is saying here, right? It's it's better than riches, right? Uh, And and I want you to notice something as we go through here, right? Uh, Wisdom... Um, let me find the first place here, verse 15, right? So we've been talking about wisdom in verse 13 and verse 14, right? Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Verse 15, she it is talking about wisdom, right? And it goes through, right? She is more precious than, right? Uh, verse 16, the length of days is in her hand. And then it goes on and talks about in her left hand. Verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Verse 18, she is a tree of life, right? And to them that lay, up, uh, lay hold upon her, happiness is Excuse me, and happiness is everyone, not happiness, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. You notice that, she, her, she, her, right? But it's referring to wisdom. Wisdom is personified as she or her. And that's not hard for us to understand, right? Right? We, we might be referring to, uh, to an uh, inanimate object. We might be referring to our car or something like that, and we refer to it as her or she's been a good one or, 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 or she's a gas hog or, you know, we just kind of naturally do that when we talk about things. So that's not hard for us to understand. Here is wisdom in a sense an inanimate object, but yet we prosify personify it, right? We give it a pronoun, right? Her, we refer to it as her, or the scripture refers to it as her or she. Let me let you in on a little something here. It's not what I'm preaching about, and it may, it, it may upset your apple cart, and you might get mad at me, but you just have to get over that, right? Because that's what the Bible says. We've got to forgive one another. But at the end of Proverbs, that virtuous woman that we like to preach on in Mother's Day... That ain't who you think it is. It ain't who you think it is. I'll just say that. All through the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified 
as she or her. Anyways, what, we're, what it is saying here, the scripture is saying here, godly wisdom is better than earthly riches. It's better than silver, gold, rubies, right? It's better than all these things because it gives riches that are enduring, riches that are eternal, riches that last, right? Honor, inner peace, right? Eternal life, right? And, And it's telling us the person who has discovered wisdom has found a priceless treasure. Happy is the person who finds wisdom. What is, (laughs) what is the ultimate example of wisdom? Would I be wrong to say Christ? Would I be wrong to say Jesus? I think if we would recognize that Christ is ultimately wisdom, We could put Christ into these verses, and I think it would open our understanding a little bit. Listen to me. Let, let me, just where it refers to wisdom, I'm going to insert Christ and, 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 and see, see if you don't agree with me. Happy is the man that findeth Christ, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it, of Jesus, of Christ, is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain there uh, and the gain thereof than fine gold. Jesus is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto Christ. Length of days is in Christ's right hand, and in Jesus' left hand, riches and honor. Jesus' ways are ways of pleasantness. And all Christ's paths are peace. Christ is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon him, upon Jesus. And happy is everyone that retaineth Christ. Do you see what it's ultimately talking about there? That is the ultimate picture of, of wisdom. That is the only way that you are going to find the life that God intends for us to live is to find Jesus, to find Jesus, to emulate Jesus, to 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 do our best to be like Christ, to be like Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian, is to be Christ-like, right? To live uh, to live as he lived, right? To live the life that he desires for. So, with that in mind, i got a few things I want to share with you this morning. Just kind of taking a walk through, uh, through the scripture. Viewing it this way. Viewing wisdom. But that wisdom ultimately is Jesus. So, let me, I, I, I'll just do this as a series of questions. When are we wise? When are we wise? Alright, I'll answer it to you. I'll give you four answers. Number one, we're wise when we seek Jesus, right? That's the, that's the beginning of wisdom, is it not? That is the beginning right there. When we seek Jesus, 
Do you remember? It, it's coming on Christmas time, and, and I'll probably preach some uh, uh, on this stuff, uh, on this as, as we go along here. I love this time of year. But think back for just a minute to Matthew chapter 2, the first couple verses there. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. Think about that. There came wise men from the east, to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Listen to me. We call these men wise men. And, and, we, can, and we can think up all kinds of reasons, right? Why they are should be considered why they're called wise men, right? They're magi's, right? They're astrologers, right? Uh, from the literally, what that means is is from the east, right? From Babylon, right? And we think that maybe you know that they had some scripture, maybe was a, a a sect left over from the time of Daniel, whenever they were the Jews were in Dysphoria, whenever they were over there in in you know had been uh, forcibly removed from their homeland and they had been over there in exile that's the word i was looking for in exile and so anyways we think maybe that you know they're left from that and we refer to them right uh we three kings right that have been referred to or thought of as kings at different times and magi right as astrologers and all these different things and, and whatever their occupation may have been whatever you might think of them they were wise they were wise men Why were they wise? Because they've been waiting. They've been watching. We speculate. What is it that they knew and how did they know it? Why are they waiting? Why are they watching? What is this star? You can find all kinds of shows on the television trying to explain this star. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, if you're looking for natural explanations, you're going to come up uh, short because this was a supernatural event, right? You understand what that means, right? We live in a natural world, but we serve, right, is created by something outside of the natural world. That makes it, by definition, supernatural, right? And what I'm talking about here is God, creator of the heavens and the earth, our maker, right? And so anyways, whenever he intervenes in the natural world, it by definition is a supernatural event. And that star was supernatural. And so anyways, these wise men, <clears throat> think about this for just a second. These guys, now this ain't where they just jump on, I mean, these guys were obviously rich, right? Or, or had access to riches because of the gifts that they brought and they give and they offered. We know that from that, right? But, but now think about this for just a minute. Even in that day and time, right? I don't care how much money you got. You're not just going to jump on a Learjet and fly over there and be over there in an hour or two, right? You're not even going to hop on a train and be there uh, in a few hours or by the next day. No, these boys have been watching and when they saw it, I mean, can you imagine this, right? They just know the direction. They know where it is. They don't know exactly, right? And they see this star, right? Uh, here, they're in the east, so they'd see this star. It would be in the west to them then. They see this star, and they know that it's, this is the time, 
their whole life that they've been watching and they've been waiting for. And can you imagine this, right? They come across the dead. I've heard it speculated. We don't even know that it's three of them, right? People speculate it's three because there's three gifts. Maybe there was three. Maybe there was five. We don't know how many they was. Maybe they come by themselves. Maybe they had a huge entourage. Uh, maybe they had an army that followed them. We don't know for sure. The scripture doesn't tell us because it's not really important. But whatever it is, whatever the case may be, here these guys were. They said, it's time they've been preparing for this and you know what they're getting on their camels and they're crossing the desert think about it they kissed mama and the babies goodbye and could not tell them when we would they would be back we're going to see the one born king of the jews hallelujah glory to the lamb of god and listen to me a lot of people would call these men fools Listen, when you turn away from the ways of the world and you begin to seek uh, the only true God, you begin to seek Jesus, there's a lot of people going to call you a fool and going to think you're foolish. And some of them is going to be family and friends. And that's all right. They can think that all they want. But it is clear. Who's happy here? Who's blessed? The ones that stayed back home calling them fools? Or the boys that got on the camel and went seeking Jesus. When are we wise? We're wise when we seek Jesus. We're wise when we pursue after Him. These guys were wise because they sought the Lord until they found Him. We're wise when we do the same thing, when we seek Him, right? We have true wisdom when we realize that He is the one and only true God. We ha- there is no greater Savior. There is no other Savior than Jesus. He is the triumphant one, right? He triumphed over sin, Satan, uh, death, hell, and the grave. <laughs> Glory to God, where is it staying? It's gone, Oh, I'm going to say this real quick. Thought went through my mind how hard it is when we have to tell loved ones goodbye in this life. But listen, if we know that they're right with God and their soul is right and so is ours, goodbye is hard, but it is only temporary. And listen to me. It's a lot longer and harder for you than what it is for them. You might not agree with what I'm saying, but that's all right. I'm right. (laughs) Uh, Listen to me. When they leave this, when they leave this world, all control over right sin and the sin nature is gone. This old, uh, this old earthly body and sickness and disease and all of that is gone. Listen, it's more than that. Gravity loses all control. Time loses all effect over. Only because of what Jesus did. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He is the treasured one. He is the pearl of great price. Why? Because he purchased our salvation with his own life, his own lifeblood. He's the one who's answered our prayers, right? And the the first prayer for every one of us is our prayer asking for forgiveness and salvation, right? He meets all of our needs in life. So, when are we wise? We're wise when we seek Jesus. I'll give you another one. 
When are we wise? We're wise when we build our lives on Christ. At the end of, of the Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 7, we studied it in Bible study not that long ago. Jesus says in that sermon, and I think it's verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, actually, well, anyways, whoever hears these sayings of mine, he says, and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. If, you'd be, if you were there when we studied that, you'd know that the house that is being built is our lives. The rock is Christ, is Jesus. Because he goes on, he says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. All that stuff, that's, that's everything the world's got to throw at us. Right? Uh, that, that's financial problems. That's health problems. Uh, that's family problems. Right? That's, that's everything that we face in this life. The old devil throws sin, temptation. Right? The devil throws the best that he has. Right? It says, it says that the, the, the rains ascended, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat upon the house, and it fell not. And then he tells us why. He says it. For, how's he say it? For it was founded upon a rock. In other words, the foundation was laid. It was built upon a rock. So how do we build our life on Christ? Well, our life, first of all, then, has got to be built on this word, right? Because he is the word, right? So his word is our food in this life. He is our water, right? He is our bread. He is our rock, right? So our life, right, is built upon him, upon his word, right? And it is built upon his ways, right? The, the, do you remember in Acts chapter 4, right? Peter and John had went in and actually go back to Acts chapter 3. Peter and John, shortly after um, everything has taken place with the, the resurrection and then 40 days later the ascension of Christ, shortly after that, right? Peter and John are going into the temple at the hour of prayer, right? And there is this, uh, there's this crippled man, right? I believe, if I remember right, he was over 40 years old and been crippled from the time that he was in his mother's womb, right? From birth. And he's laying there at the gate called Beautiful. He's begging, right? Just a little bit, right? Just a little something so he can have something to eat for that day, right? And do you remember Peter and John, right? When they go by, you remember what they said to him? Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we give thee in the name of uh, Jesus. Christ, right? Talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. His legs received strength. He rose up and he, not only did he walk, he followed them into the temple, leaping and jumping, right? Well, that caused quite a stir. The religious leaders and folks of that day, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the scribes, that bunch, they were terribly upset by all that. As a matter of fact, was because it's getting late in the evening. They took Peter and John and they threw them in jail. They thought we'd deal with the, we'd give them a, a night to cool off in the slammer and think about this, reevaluate their decisions in their life, and we'll deal with them in the morning. And they do. And they they reason among themselves. Well, everybody knew this cripple boy. Well, he wasn't a boy no more. This cripple man. We can't deny the miracle. So the best we can do is just shut this thing down right here. We can't call them liars, but we'll shut them up. 
And so that's what they do. That's what they try to do, is that's what they threaten them. Right? They threaten them and threaten them. And what's Peter and John's response? You decide whether it's better for us to obey God or listen to men. They said, because there ain't no other name uh, under, given under heaven whereby we must be saved. Right? That's the name of Jesus. So when the rulers had tried to, you know, it was amazing and all that. The thing that stood out for the reason I'm telling you that is when the rulers tried to, to quieten Peter and John, they realized they perceived, right? Not only were these unlearned men, they were uneducated, but they noticed that these fellows had been with Jesus. They was something different about them. That meant that their lives reflected Jesus. The other thing I was going to tell you is our lives must be built on his word. No matter what you will do or have done in your life, it must be built on the work of God. Otherwise, it won't stand. He is the foundation, the rock that we build on, and if it's not built on Jesus, it just simply won't last. Let me give you another one. The question is, is when are we wise? Well, I'll tell you when else we're wise. We're wise when we're faithful to Christ. Uh, that's something that is, it seems like it's missed so much in this time. It's faithful and what it even means to be faithful. I, when I think of being faithful, uh, first thing I think of is what it says in Matthew 24, 45, where it says, Who then, right, the, the Lord is asking his questions right after the parable of the fig tree. He says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season, right? So the question is, who then is a faithful and wise servant? He goes on in the next verse to ask, uh, or to answer that, the one that's found doing, right? So in other words, the one that's found waiting and watching, the one that has not forgot their master, right? Not forgot their maker, not forgot gone, right? If I had to say what's the biggest problem in our nation today is we forgot where we come from, right? We've come to the point that we think we have what we have because of our own ingenuity and excellent work ethic and ability, right? Just, just good old-fashioned American hard work and ingenuity, and we get in there and done what the rest of the world had not been able to do for thousands of years. Did that sound a little stupid or ridiculous to you as I said it? Now that is what our, that is what the smartest people, I should have put quotation marks around smartest, right? That's what you're going to hear, that's what you're going to see over and over. The only way you say something like that and actually mean it, actually believe what you're saying, is you have forgot where we come from. Listen to me. It is Benjamin Franklin himself said uh, that if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without God taking notice, how in the world, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, how in the world could an empire, I think he used the word empire, but nation, I can use that, it's one or the other, rise without his involvement, right? Without his hand, without his being in, listen to me. Do you think a bunch of farmers with squirrel guns and farm implements on their own, 
defeated at that time the world's sole superpower that had an empire so large that the sun never set on it. Oh, I've heard all kinds of excuses made that they were just spread too thin at the time and so on and so forth. Listen to me. That is foolish nonsense. We say things like that because we forget how we got to where we were, where we are right now. We forgot why we're the most blessed nation on the face of the earth. So when when are we wise? Well, Jesus is talking about Matthew 24 there towards the end of it. That, that the, the wise servant is the one who is found doing, waiting, and watching, right? The foolish servant is the one who's forgotten about his master and just decided to do whatever he wanted, right? And, and so it, the scripture makes it clear that we must be faithful in all things, right? And particularly, I think about the little things, right? As a matter of fact, it even says that in the next chapter, Matthew 25, Terrible talents, right? You see, I think repeated two or three or twice there, I think it is, right? You see that, that Jesus says when he tells that parable, he says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. That's the little things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And then, for, of course, 1 Corinthians makes it clear that we, we've got to be faithful not only in the little things, but in all things, right? 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And, and listen, can I just talk to Christians about your Christian conduct for just a minute? It's not so hard to be faithful uh, in, in, in giving and sharing and doing and, and all of that uh, when we are doing good ourselves, when we are living in good times, right? Our love for the Lord and His people is easy when everything seems to be going good. But sometimes, when life gets a little bit difficult, when we start getting pulled in different directions, our show of love and our show of generosity and giving Right? For the Lord's work and for his people and needs disappears. It's in these hard times. That's where the test of what kind of steward of God's you are. Right? That's when the test comes. Right? That's when we've got to continue to be faithful stewards of the Lord. Sometimes we forget that everything we've got comes from him. And it's his. We're only stewards. We're only managers of it. We all, you ain't taking none of it with you. We only, it's only put in our care to use, to manage for him and his behalf for a short period of time. We show that we're wise when we remain faithful to the Lord at all times and all things. And then one last one real quick, and I want to close. We're wise when we live like Jesus. Rhonda read the scriptures this morning in James chapter 3. 
she read, it's funny how that works, it was the verses 18 through, or 13 through 18, exactly what I read out of Proverbs, both of them in chapter 3, it's interesting how that works, isn't it? But the first verse that she read was, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Let me give you three marks real quick of, of this meekness of wisdom. Three marks that we find in Christ that shows that we are like Christ. Humility, meekness, and virtue. I mean, humility is a, is a mark of one who's like Christ, right? Many times uh, we have pride in our lives. And, and sometimes some of us, we fight and battle pride a lot. And all of us has a little bit of an issue with pride at the very least. But scripture makes it clear God hates pride. Matter of fact, the next chapter of James, James chapter 4 and verse 6 says, says that God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Sometimes that's something that we've got to work on is that pride and humility, right? And then meekness, right? Meekness is a mark of one who's like Christ. And, and somehow we've got screwed up in our thinking and we think that meekness means to be weak and let everybody or everything run over us. And that is not what it is. The perfect picture of meekness is, in my opinion, or the best picture, example I can think of, is a horse that has a bridle on with a bit in its mouth. What meekness is, it's not weakness. Right? I said the horse is a picture of meekness. That horse, that is a huge, muscular animal. Uh, they ain't weak. What meekness is, it's not weakness. It is strength, huh, the opposite of weakness. It is strength under control. That's what the bridle on the bit does. Right? There's some control there. It is strength under control. And when we're talking about godly meekness here, so it is strength that is under the control of the Lord. And then virtue. Virtue is a mark of one who is like Christ. Right? When we talk virtue, we're talking moral excellence that comes from living like Jesus. So, the question this morning is, are you wise or unwise? Christ in your life, shining through your life, will testify more about him than 10,000 sermons that, uh, that I could preach or, or a far better preacher than me could stand up here and preach. So, is he in your life, shining through your life? When people are around you, what do they see? Do they see you or do they see Jesus? Now come on. When people are around you and observing you, happens a lot more than what you realize, whether you're at work and it's people you work with, whether you're in the store and it's people you don't even know, 
or the restaurant or wherever, whether it's at home and it's your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your parents, whoever it might be, do the people who are around you, do they see you or do they see Jesus? Because they ought to be, if we're truly wise, they ought to see Jesus in our life, shining through our life. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come this morning? You got a need, you got a, a, a burden, you just come right on this morning. Whatever it may be. Maybe you're standing back there and you realize that you've not been living for the Lord. You're not where you ought to be. Maybe you once were and you've just kind of fallen away. You've just kind of went your own way at some point. Maybe you never have. Or then again, maybe you're doing good. But maybe there's someone close to you. Someone you're concerned about. Maybe it's a, a, a friend or a family member or a child. Whatever it may be. Would you come and pray for them this morning? Whatever the need would be here this morning. Spirit of God dealing with you. You just come right on. Don't you hold back. Don't you worry what others think. It don't matter. Only one that matters is God. What he thinks. If you've got a need, would you come this morning?